1: Or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction.
3: And
2: now we go into the thick of it.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
2: Erin Addison's
1: on American Family Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Miki.
2: And I'm Will. Sherry
1: B is over in Studio CC. We continue to encourage you to participate in Operation Christmas Child where mm-hmm. you are packing shoe boxes. This is National Collection Week, and we're gonna talk more about that in the second segment. In fact, I'm really looking forward to it because in the second segment, we're going to be joined by Sissy Graham Lynch, who is the granddaughter of the late Billy Graham Mm -hmm. and the daughter of Franklin Graham. And so we are going to talk to her about Operation Christmas Child and growing up in the Graham family and her involvement in ministry from a very young age and how she continues um, the ministry and I would say even the training of her own children. And they get to see up close and personal what it's like to live in service to the Lord. So we're going to talk about that. In the next segment also want to let you know that you can show your unapologetic support <laughs> i guess a, a defense for the reason that we celebrate christmas um already there's a conversation about whether or not you know you've got holiday trees or christmas uh, trees and all of those things i mean right. it's just so crazy yeah. you know i mean and and why we have to keep going through this um well we have to keep <laughs> going through this because our culture continues to secularize yeah that's why we have to keep going through this we have to keep having this conversation Because man is um, God's enemy until he repents. (laughs) And we get to see, I don't know if get to is the right way to phrase it, but we get to see that rebellion um, played out in Mm -hmm. our culture on a regular basis. So anyway, excuse me, I'm just trying to adjust my microphone and make sure that everything is okay. Um, So but we have been um, taking a stand for a long time and encouraging you to wear the reason that you celebrate Christmas by getting a Christmas button, and they're beautifully designed every year. This year, the theme of the button is He Came For You. So the button says, Jesus, He Came For You. And if you order the buttons, they come in a pack of 10. Um, you can get them before Black Friday. Um, you can give them out to friends and family. You can give yeah. them out to um, <laughs> grocery store workers, if you want. <laughs> I was, I was um, well, let's see, how do I, I want to I tell this story, uh-huh. but I don't want to tell this story in a self-serving way. Um, <laughs> it's, you guys just tell us, I'm not saying I have to tell yeah, the story. Said, so I was not, not I was, trying to be self-serving. All right, right. I know. It's just a matter of fact. This right. is what happened. So the other day I was leaving, walking outside of the grocery store and, um, there was one of the bell ringers with mm-hmm. the red kettle from the Salvation Army. Right. And uh, of course, Salvation Army is on the top of my mind these days. And, and, um, i found myself just kind of, you know, not even really thinking about it, but just dropping more money in the kettle than I normally do. Yeah. And uh, and so I was doing it the other day, and the the person who was ringing the bell said, um, "Happy holidays." Hmm. I said, "Merry Christmas." <laughs> you like
2: was, you like that cat on that meme? <laughs> help me. The lady. Oh, the, the, oh okay. I didn't know you were talking. Said the, the, Mary, the most popular you, meme. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. out right now. Yeah, the, so lady, the lady is like, "Happy holidays." The lady like yelled
1: that, at me, "Happy <laughs> holidays," and I was the little white cat, and I said. I said Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas or maybe I'm the one yelling I don't know I'm the cat I'm the cat saying Mary. The she's cat. yelling happy holidays right. and I'm saying you're Merry correcting Christmas. her like, that's right <laughs> you're right that's how it goes if you don't know that meme you've got to get online you get oh <laughs> it's crazy I don't know
2: like memes catch on and they explode we you're actually like, did boom. a little
1: digging because we were curious about where this well, one where came, came from, from yeah. so we actually did a little digging <laughs> and found out where it came from you see it everywhere yeah there's, you know, if you online, see it everywhere if you're yeah, online. If you're you not online, yeah. then you're blessed. Okay. You don't, you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. But anyway, it's just such a, it's one of those things where you just get so awkward. You know, we don't know. And it's almost like the person is waiting for you mm-hmm. to kind of take the lead and say, it's okay. Hmm. Like they're waiting for you to say, it's okay to be normal, mm-hmm. to be genuine. To be real mm-hmm. and so because and and you know in this situation immediately when i said merry christmas she replied merry christmas even though she'd already said happy holidays mm-hmm. it's like there is this we are so careful not to offend people that we are living i i i describe it as sort of the cult of inauthenticity like mm-hmm. we have gotten really good at living inauthentic lives we we we're good at faking it because the right. culture punishes us if we live authentically. And in fact, now the culture rewards in authenticity. That's right. If, if you can be fake, if you can live without any anchor or any moorings, then, then you are celebrated in our culture. <laughs> and I'm telling you, to the body of Christ, to the Christians, we've got to be the ones who kind of rise up and say, you know, we're, we're done with that. We're right. done with that. You know, right. I've been thinking, and, and look, and I'm not the only one. I don't think I'm unique in this. Um, But thinking about the job that has been, you know, I I guess worked on the Christians, right? And in in the last 20 years, the last 30 years in this country, um, it has been an exponential work that's been done on the Christians. And we have fallen for Mm. probably the greatest um, act of manipulation, um, the greatest (laughs) act of desensitization and, and we don't even realize it now. We're so afraid to tell the truth. And, mm. and I, you know, so I try to when we do things like this and, and certainly, you know, we spent the last six years being, you know, <laughs> way more forceful um, <laughs> in talking about these issues. But I know, you know, people have different cultural understandings of what it's like <laughs> to be lit. You know, let me let me just tell you. I think people
2: like it. Either I way.
1: hope so because I I do hold back. I hold back because I think sometimes people may misinterpret what they hear from me as anger. It's not. It's passion. It's like when we were talking to Lauren Wright Sima yesterday, and she's like, "I'm Italian." Yeah. She's like, "Oh no, no, I got it. I'm used I, to people I, telling I, me stop talking." I think you know? over
2: time people begin to get it. Like you well, just got to be so. you, and I think people. right.
1: But they, I, they I do have you're right. You're right. But I do have self control. So I do know how yeah, to you know, yeah, I just I would prefer to just communicate the way I communicate. Right. <laughs> Which is usually on a 10. Generally speaking, I, I mean, I'm usually on a 10. Um, not because I'm angry, but just because if I'm commenting on something, mm-hmm. I usually feel strongly about that. Yeah, I'm not like just kind of like, eh. I feel like if it falls into that category, I'm not weighing in on that. Right. I don't have anything. It's not to a, it's not, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. a waste of my breath. You yeah, know what I mean? But yeah. um, so so one of the things that we have spent an incredible amount of time doing is trying to strengthen and stiffen the backbone of Christians. Amen. I think sometimes it's really an encouragement to other believers to hear that you're not alone and that you are not hateful. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason we have to have this conversation in culture today is because Christians have been desensitized. Mm -hmm. We have lost our ability to discern and to sense the leading of the Holy Spirit and to really agree with the truth of the word of God. And this is a work that's been done over decades in the public, right? It's been done through media. It's been done in our churches, which, you know, I am, (laughs) I am not a proponent of safe spaces, but if ever there were going to be a safe space for Christians, you would think it would be church. Right. (laughs) However, believers, yeah, some of us are in church and we believe that to be a safe space, but we get there and we're told that we're not loving enough.
3: Mm.
1: We're told that we're not caring enough. We're told that we're too judgmental. Yeah. We're told that we're too critical. And so where we expect to be um, fortified with the truth, what actually ends up happening is what the culture says about us gets reinforced. Mm. So then where do we go? So what do we what do? We do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been reading, reading to you um, from after the ball. I'm oh, going to continue man. doing that. I've got, I've got another um, passage that I want to share with you here. And here's what: Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want every Bible loving Christian, mm. I want every Bible believing Christian, to realize that what you wrestle with on a daily basis, as it pertains to your engagement, even simple things like, do I say Merry Christmas? <laughs> Have you been in a store? I mean, come on, let's just let's just talk about this insanity. Have you been in a store where you know the person you're looking at is a woman, but you also know that she is dressed in such a way so as to be ambiguous so that you don't know how you're supposed to engage? Do you use male or female pronouns? And so now you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. What do I and, and, and why, and why are you wrestling with this? You are wrestling with this because you have been conditioned that to do what is right, to tell the truth is hateful. <laughs> okay. This is, this is, yeah. we have been guys, I'm telling you, this You're is right. the greatest experiment that has been wrought up on the minds of believers in the United States of America. And I'm telling you the test of come back, um, we're failing.
2: So in, in the, in the context of being a Christian, why do we have such a hard time with that? When we know, uh, from Scripture, that they're not—they're going to hate us if we're standing for righteousness' sake. So if we're called called bigots by our culture, mm-hmm. but we know what that we're, what we're doing is biblical yeah. and standing for Christ, why do we have such a problem yeah. with just embracing?
1: Because while we have read the Bible, we have not steeped in the Word of God, and we have been piped through an ideology that is at war with the little bit of word that we get mm-hmm. so we read the bible but we don't steep ourselves in the word of god that's not where we major you understand mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. the culture
3: mm-hmm. the
1: media the world around us mm-hmm. is a big deal to us mm-hmm. that's where we major will mm-hmm. like that's where we mm-hmm. that's where we do business the bible is like eh, i got a few minutes before work sure mm-hmm. You know, the Bible is like uh, 15, 20 minutes. And if he goes over, we're head to Cracker Barrel. We're mm. not doing it. Yeah, I ain't doing upset, it today. Okay. So Tell the Bible, the Bible is, is our minor. Man. The, the Bible, the Bible is not our major focus. Right. It is, it is, you know, right. We don't need to. We don't, <laughs> <you know. clears throat> right. but this world that we live in, we have made this the major focus. Man. So when you take that and you say, well, that's your major focus. And then you say, you add to that, that we have been fed a consistent diet of you're a bigot, mm. you're hateful, you're judgmental, you're critical, you're a racist. Hmm. We've been fed that diet.
3: Mm-hmm. We
1: start learning that, now, you know, and some people maybe it doesn't go back as far, it just depends on your generation and where you fall. Right. But we start learning that in kindergarten we start learning that we need to be inclusive and we start getting primed for being diverse, right? You understand? Yeah. So that then we can, the, the world can take those terms, redefine them, pop, 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 pack them back up and then give them to the church and say, now here it is. And the church never opens the package. It just brings it inside. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, and at that point it's too late because the word that, once was God's definition of diversity, looking at different tribes and nations and tongues, right. but the world stole it. And, and I, I, I maintain that the church backed off it. And, and, and look, if you read church history, you can see that there are many times that we missed it. Yeah. The United States, the church in the United States of America is not unique here, right? The mm-hmm. church has missed it almost consistently over 2,000 years. Yeah. And yeah. so then what happens as a result of us not checking the package, we take the word back into the household of faith And the world says, oh, but now there has been a slight change to the definition of diversity. It now includes, you know, sexuality and orientation and gender and Mm -hmm. identity. (laughs) But you have
2: to accept it because you want to be loving too, right? Hello, you don't want to be a bigot.
1: You don't want to be racist. You don't want to be
2: judgmental, right, church?
1: You don't want to be one of those people. Mm. From the book After the Ball, written in 1989, the section entitled The Strategy of Waging Peace uh, this is a, the following would, would be a uh, practical principles for the persuasion of straits. for the persuasion of straits, There's a quote in here from the book, the art of war. And the quote is this, those who have supreme skill use strategy to bend others without coming to conflict. They use strategy <laughs> to bend others without coming to conflict. So here, here you go. This is the emotional control that has been wrought upon Christians in the United States of America. This is why we cannot defend the truth because we have been conditioned that defending the truth makes us a bigot. It makes us hateful. Mm -hmm. It makes us racist. Here we go. Here's the plan. Employ images that desensitize, jam or convert bigots (laughs) on an emotional level. This, this is by far the most important task. Now keep in mind as we go through this, maybe on Thursday, maybe tomorrow we'll we'll look at it again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to define for you what jamming is. Yeah. Unfortunately, guys, each and every one of us, we have been victims of jamming. And I'm going to tell you what that is. Here we go. Challenge homo-hating beliefs and actions on a not-too-intellectual level. (laughs) Remember, the rational message serves to camouflage our underlying emotional appeal, even as it pairs away the surrounding latticework of beliefs that rationalize bigotry. Finally, gain access to the kinds of public media that would automatically confer legitimacy upon these images and therefore upon their gay sponsors to be accepted by the most prestigious media such as network television our messages themselves will have to be at least initially both subtle in purpose and crafty in construction
2: wow (laughs) man
1: we have been victims it's crazy the way we would say this in New Orleans vernacular, we've been played.
2: <laughs>
3: right.
1: We've been played. All right. Erin the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back with Sissy Graham Lynch, so make sure you stay close.
3: King of my everything.
1: Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And
2: I'm Will, and that's Becca Shea with King.
1: I was wondering, what language is she speaking? I think it's Hebrew. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, was... I don't know. I was just, I just, I think some people listening would be like, we need an interpretation.
2: Well, I heard Adonai. I don't know if that's Hebrew. We, but, you know.
1: <laughs> we need an interpretation. It ain't New
2: Orleans. Um... Oh,
1: stop. That's, I can't <laughs> believe you. Welcome back to the program. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. This is Aaron the Addisons. I'm Miki. Uh,
2: and I'm Will.
1: I'm speaking English.
2: I'm speaking New Orleans. You
1: are, and that's different, so I'm glad <laughs> that you clarified. That's very, very good. All right, let's turn our attention to Operation Christmas Child. We have been encouraging you to pack your shoeboxes. This week is National Collection Week, and what a joy and what a privilege it is for us to be able to speak with Sissy Graham Lynch um, and talk a little bit about the impact of packing shoeboxes and, and also getting some special gifts. I think that there's a there's a role that um the holy spirit plays in leading families to pack shoe boxes Mm. and i know that we're going to talk about that a little bit how sometimes (laughs) the things you put in shoe boxes you don't know why you're doing that yeah but the lord has a plan for that and so anyway we're going to talk a little bit about that and i'm looking forward to it but first let me give an official introduction or make an official introduction sissy graham lynch is the daughter of franklin graham and the granddaughter of Billy Graham. So obviously, (laughs) she grew up in the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Samaritan's Purse. Since 2010, Sissy has worked as part of these two organizations as a ministry spokesperson and special projects producer. She has traveled the world advocating for initiatives that reach women, children, and millennials. We could talk a lot about that, Mm. but I will stick. (laughs) I will stick to the script. Her mission is to stand boldly for the gospel in an ever-compromising world and encourage others to stand on the only truth, the same spirit-filled truth that she has found in her relationship with Jesus Christ. She is married to Corey Lynch, and they are raising their two children, Margaret and Austin, in uh, Florida. Sissy, thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Oh, thank you guys so much for having (laughs) me and just for your continual support for Operation Christmas Child this week.
1: Oh, yes. We love you guys. Yeah. We look forward to this partnership every year. Our family, the Addisons, we personally look um, forward to being involved in packing shoe boxes and um, picking things. I had my son on uh, last week and, and we were talking about how he's like, I always go for the necessities and he <laughs> likes to go for the fun stuff, you know. And so oh, yeah. so we make a great team. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners? I know that it's just fascinating and I don't think people ever tire of hearing what it's like to grow up in the Graham family. Can you kind of paint a picture for some of our listeners? Oh, my
4: goodness. You know, I get that question all the time. <laughs> I don't know if I've mastered answering that, because I say growing up, I didn't really know a difference. Because sure. it was just family, right? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the like first time I realized that, you know, when I went to my grandfather's house or went to go hear him preach, that it might not be normal for most kids. <laughs> but one thing is the greatest thing I've learned from my family that was so evident at home is the power of never being ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ amen and i had a dad that set that example beautifully before me and a grandfather that set that and how thankful i am the older i get how thankful i am for that example Mm. Um, but i can't really fully answer that yeah it was daddy bill that's what we called my grandfather And
3: then
1: dad. Well, that's wonderful. I would just say on behalf of so many of our listeners and on behalf of our family as well, we're just grateful for the Graham family. We really Mm -hmm. are. I mean, you know, we look at where we are in our nation and we know that so much of the stemming of the tide of just secularism in our country is the result of the faithfulness of your family. And so we're grateful. We're grateful for the continued work, even of Franklin Graham and his speaking out publicly. And, you know, we we appreciate that. So I just want to say um, and maybe you can pass this along. Thank you. We appreciate what you guys have done. I will. thank
4: you. Thank so, you. So
1: let's talk about the changes that you've seen over the years with Operation Christmas Child. You've seen it grow from reaching 28,000 children uh, to now reaching 11 million. I mean, what is that like? Well, I think the first year we
4: did, we collected
1: 11,000, and it was so awesome. I tell everybody, those
4: first couple of years, to process these boxes, it would just be us families at Samaritan's Purse that would come after school. Dad would order pizza for all of us, opening up <laughs> the vending machines for us, and we would go through every single box, because now we have warehouses all across the country and processing centers, mm-hmm. and uh, thousands and thousands of wonderful volunteers, I'm in mean, all of our volunteers who are really the driving force of this project. But really, it started off so small with just us families after school going mm-hmm. through the boxes. But now, only God could have done this. I don't think any of us could imagine getting to 11 million boxes and over 100 countries will wow. be delivered to
1: I mean, wow. that's just unbelievable. So this began in 1993. How did you choose the original country? So this was, this was Bosnia, correct? How did you guys decide that this is, this is where we were going going to focus?
4: Oh, um, well, I wasn't there. I think I was like eight years old at the time. Mm-hmm. But Dad had been invited to go into the country, and so he decided that this would be a great opportunity to take these shoeboxes to these children, because every shoebox that is delivered is a tangible way to show the love of Christ.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And every child that receives the box gets the opportunity to hear the gospel. And that was a great way to enter the country. It was with the boxes and the pictures i never get tired of looking at those first distributions they were walking through snow carrying these boxes mm. you know on their shoulders wow. and now we you know we've delivered countries all or delivered boxes all around the world in different capacities
1: and now we've seen the ministry expand from the delivery of the shoe boxes to going a step further and to ensuring that the kids who receive shoe boxes have an opportunity to be discipled and to grow in the faith that results usually when kids Receive shoe boxes and then come to Christ. Can we talk about talk a little bit about that as well?
4: Yeah. So many people don't know about our follow up program, and that's called the Greatest Journey. So for many of the children that receive a box, the day that they receive it, they'll hear about God's love and they'll hear um, they'll hear the gospel. But we love to follow up. That's the most important part of this project. And in the ten years of the Greatest Journey. Um, we've had almost 19 million children enroll in the program. And it's a a 12-course program. And when they graduate from the program, they'll get their own Bible. And we've had almost 10 million boys and girls committed to praying for and sharing their faith with their friends and family. And one of the greatest things, I remember being in Guyana, and we went to this church, a very small church in this village. And this church was a result of children receiving a box And those children accepting Jesus, going home to tell their families about it, and then they started a church.
3: Mm. And (laughs) so that's a
4: miracle. You know, we're raising up a generation of children to know God's word and to know truth Mm. and to know about God's love and not to be ashamed of it. And these are little lights you see
1: going out in these villages and communities
4: that's changing generations in this country or in these countries.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's so important just to the point that you that you just made Sissy, that when we think about this, that, you know, we share in this blessing, we share in this harvest. Those of us who are packing shoeboxes right. and those of us who are giving generously during this time, right. um, this is we share in the fruit of this work. And, yeah. and I think that's just incredible to think about. Oh, and I love, you know what,
4: I got a little girl, she's six years old. So the last two years, she's really grasped the concept of this project <laughs> and what it means to give and to pray. And she knows the power of prayer behind every box. Last year, my dad and I actually went shopping with her mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> had to pack a shoe box. And he and I, we packed them. And she's the one that reminded, she calls my dad Grump. That's what the grandchildren call my dad. <laughs> and she said, Grump, <laughs> you forgot to pray for the box. <laughs> sure enough, we did. And so we prayed. And I actually got to do something for the first time ever in 20-something years of packing boxes was to deliver her bo- our own box. Mm. And I gave it to a little girl, and we had prayed over it and prayed over it. And later the little girl came up, and she said, I have been asking A soccer ball because my brothers play with a soccer ball and they won't let me play, and now I have my very own pink one. Oh, wow! She's been praying for that, (laughs) and that I just started crying because you know it's just sweet. And we see stories like that every box is like a fingerprint or like a snowflake, not one of them is the same. Mm -hmm. But God knows what child's gonna get what box. I've seen miracle after miracle with these boxes of a blind child receiving a box and you're kind of like, oh my goodness, what am I going to give this child? You open it up and the box has everything to do with sound and noise oh, wow. and music. <laughs> Only God can do it. But Amen. it starts with the person packing and their prayers behind it. So reminding this week, National Collection Week, pray for the journey of your box.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, That's a great good. way to put that. Pray That's for good. the journey of your box. And and I think it's also important too to mention, so like Will and I have five kids and I guess two, the two younger of the five don't really understand what's going on sometimes we find ourselves kind of battling with this is not your toy this is this is not (laughs) yours I took my my three-year-old and he was trying to keep everything in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) I describe describe them as little puppies sitting around the table waiting for like bacon to fall like they're just like are you going to use that are you going to use that you know but so let's talk a little bit about the logistics here Um, maybe someone's listening and this is the first time that they're hearing about this or maybe this is the first time that their heart is stirred and they want to get involved, Mm -hmm. Uh, how do they learn what can go into the box, what can't, and then how do they find out where they can drop off their box? Okay, so you can first go
4: to our website, SamaritansPurse.org, and click on Operation Christmas Child.
1: But it is so simple.
4: You're going to take a shoebox size. It can be cardboard, or I recommend getting the little plastic ones you can get at Walmart for like 99 cents, and you fill it up with, school supplies, hygiene items, but also fun toys. I always recommend put a wow item in there. Um, Just think if it was your child opening that box, what they would want. Mm. And just really quickly, something I suggested this week on Instagram was think of the senses. Like when we think back of memories, it's our senses that take us back to those memories. So I think of something of noise because of hearing. I've delivered to blind children before. So I put instruments in there or bells. But um, put a wow item. I put soft items that kids can touch. And I also put a bar of soap that can smell that will take a kid. But fill it up with school supplies, hygiene items, and fun toys. And then you can look up on our website, Mm -hmm. put in um, where you live, and the closest drop-off location will pop up close to you.
1: Yeah, you know, awesome. I think some of the best experiences have been um, us taking our kids and dropping off shoeboxes and, yeah. and everybody going inside the drop-off center and somebody grabbing our hands and saying, hey, can we pray with you guys so nice. before you yeah, leave? And it's always, yeah. praying over those shoeboxes mm-hmm. is just an incredible experience. Go, go ahead, Sissy, were you going to add to that?
4: Oh, I just love our volunteers. I was just at a drop-off center today. I'm in Florida, so I'm not home in North Carolina. But how thankful I am for our churches, our volunteers, people like you who are talking about it to make it all possible, because every box, like I said, is an opportunity for a kid to hear about the love of Christ. And I think how often we take it for granted that our children hear about the love of Christ at Sunday school or at church or at school or whatever it is. But these many of these kids have never heard the gospel. They've never received a Christmas gift. Mm. And I think of a mom, if I could never give my child a Christmas gift, mm. the joy and the impact that this box has on a child but also a mother and a father who are seeing it and their children being provided just fun items at Christmas time. And then to hear the love of God that somebody has not forsaken them or forgotten them, but God loves them.
1: Amen. Amen. I want to double back to something that you mentioned earlier and maybe tie this into um, the discipleship moment that we have when we pack shoe boxes with our kids. One of the things that you said, um, in addition to being unaware of like growing up in a quote unquote Graham family, but you said that, you're, that you were taught to be unashamed, and, and I almost see that as a legacy that is passed down to you. Of course, that is something that you have to own. You're, you're right. not saved because you're a Graham. You're saved right. because you have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm wondering how you continue that legacy of teaching your own children to be unashamed and maybe tying that discipleship into the work that you do with Samaritan's Purse. Oh, my
4: goodness. I love that question. I think you and I could have a long conversation about this. <laughs> in the future, but you know, it just starts small of trying to be intentional with my kids. I said, I got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And the six-year-old is really starting to grasp things mm-hmm. in her faith. And um, I had a family that my dad set the example before me. Mm-hmm. I knew at a young age that my dad used every opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus and to never back down. And I'm trying to be intentional in that matter with my little girl, of what God's love is, you know, basic level for her. Yeah. But to be able to stand strong, to teach her what God's word says, because this world is forever coming against us Christians. Mm -hmm. But it's God's word that we can use to correct, teach, and rebuke a world that's coming against us. It's Mm -hmm. our foundation. My little boy, he's only three, but when he came down the other day, I had my Bible out on the table, and I said, Austin, what is this? And he says, God's word. And I said, what is God's word? (laughs) It's God's truth, Mama. You know, I love it. I just remind him it's
1: you know just in his way, you know, keeping him young. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering is is that is that a source of encouragement for you? Because there's a lot. I mean, you and I know this. You know, there's a lot to be discouraged about when we look at what's happening in our culture today, um, as moms, you know, and as those who are holding the line for the Lord Jesus in our generation. I mean, because we we kind of take up this mantle. You know, we run the next leg of the race. Do these moments become for you um, sort of that encouragement moment or that shot in the arm that you continue going for the glory of God as you disciple and train your children?
4: You know, as moms, we can go to bed depleted and tired and exhausted. I think God often gives us little glimpses um, that, okay, mamas, we're doing it right. You know, a little pat on the back. <laughs> yes. um, you know, that sometimes your kids might have um, been doing everything wrong all day, but they'll come back and they'll just say something of truth. Or that you know that the seeds have been planted. Whether the other day we received some sad news about a friend who had cancer. Mm. And they didn't even realize it. You know, I didn't tell them that. I was just driving in the car and I was crying. And my little son at three years old says, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Oh my goodness. And when mm. he started singing that, I just started crying. I'm like, you're right. Amen. And I'm just like, thank you, Lord. But it is. We live in a culture that's forever compromising. And our churches and our the younger generation don't know God's truth. we got to start. Mamas and daddies, we got to step
1: up Amen. and start teaching
4: our kids what God's word has to say. Amen.
1: Amen. Sissy Graham Lynch, everybody. Sissy, this Amen. has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for carving out time to talk with us. We appreciate it. Well, thank you
4: for talking about Operation Christmas Child. And once again, you can go to the website, SamaritansFirst.org and click on Operation Christmas Child
1: samaritanspurse.org, click on Operation Christmas Child, pack your shoe boxes, get them to the drop-off. The drop-off? Get them to the (laughs) drop-off this week. we got to grab the break. We'll be right back on American Family Radio. On the Addisons on American Family Radio, it is so important for the Body of Christ to recognize that all of the things that we see happening in our culture today in the media is is orchestrated and it has an intended end. Like there's an aim, right? Yeah. Even when we talk about um, what's happening with our president, we talk about you know the impeachment show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean it is uh, yeah. I mean, and in case we show, don't see man. you,
1: good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> right? I mean that's I mean that's what we're talking about. Oh, and, and and so and so what is it? What yeah. is it? The the attempt is and the strong attempt, and for some people unfortunately it's gonna be successful, but the attempt is that you will question or doubt yeah. your right choices in voting.
2: Right. Right? right. Like you that you that's will feel like goal. Oh,
1: I don't know. I don't know. So if planting seeds of doubt, but let me just tell you, hey. I mean, this is a tactic because it works, right? There's psychology that goes into this. Mm-hmm. There's marketing that goes into this. And, you know, having studied us and understanding how we work, which also sounds like Satan, but... <clears throat> <laughs> and study, having having studied us and, and being familiar with how we work, mm. right? The plans are then set in motion to, to topple us, to destroy us, right? Mm. Or to make us ineffective. right? And so anyway, I mean, I just... My, my prayer and my hope, like I was... I don't know if it was yesterday or if it was this morning. My days kind of run together sometimes. But I was like, Lord, you know, give us discernment, like help us help us and by us, meaning the body of Christ to know and to see what's going on around us, to open our eyes, to open our eyes. Now, look, I'm not saying that discerning what's happening in our culture gives us an excuse to be mean. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Right. I don't think we need to be mean, but I do think we need to get a good biblical working definition for what is mean. Mm. And I'm not talking about what the world says is mean. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. so the world has this sort of the whiz philosophy. It's no bad news at all. Don't tell me anything that I don't like. Right, right. Don't tell me anything that I don't like. Don't tell me anything that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, but we have got to be on the Lord's side. And my prayer and my great hope for the church is that we will arise, yeah. that we will kind of open our eyes, you know, mm-hmm. wipe everything off, right. you know what I mean, right. and 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 get out there and stand boldly for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to stop beating that gong, especially when I think, man you can see that this has been a plan that's been put in place. I got a story here in front of me Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and I'm, I'm I'm debating um, whether or not to go to this story or to read one more passage from after the ball. Cause I just think, look, I want as many people to hear this as possible to know that the reason you think you're mean, the reason you think you're hateful is because yes. And you have been conditioned. Yeah. You've been conditioned to think that way. Speaking of conditioning, and we were talking just last segment about, you know, continuing to be vigilant and protect our children and train our children. Children, I've got this article in front of me of this um, the school out of Virginia where the parents were up in arms. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they were up in arms because the parents discovered um, that there was a something called a Diverse Classroom Library Initiative.
2: Yeah, <laughs> go to those words.
1: Okay. Diverse. Right. Diverse, diverse Classroom Library Initiative that led to the parental discovery of books that when the parents, having been outraged, stood up to even begin reading from the books, the administrators and the school officials were like, that's inappropriate. You need to stop. It's like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you think this is inappropriate, if I shouldn't be reading this to you, then why is this in a school where my kid has access to it?
2: Available for the kids to go and get.
1: And, and, and I'm going to tell you, I believe, and I think it's obvious, I don't think I'm profound or even deep in this, mm-hmm. uh, this is conditioning. Yeah, this is. This lowers the defenses of our kids Definitely. to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong because all of this stuff is always around them. Right. It's always around them. So, I mean, it just seems normal. It seems that things have always been this way. So that means parents have got to go the extra mile. Well, let me just, since I mentioned the story, and then I'll open the phone lines. Hey, if you want to talk to us today, you can. Okay. Uh, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Um, you want to comment on anything we're talking about today? Sherry B. is in Studio CC. She is. And she's standing <laughs> by. She's trying to condition me. She's <laughs> shaking her Right, right. Head. She's trying to condition me. Um. But while she's doing that, let me make you aware of this story. So uh, parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, were outraged after discovering that thousands of books were placed in classrooms across the school district as part of the new Diverse Classroom Library Initiative. Diverse Classroom Library Initiative. While most of these books, and let me give a disclaimer here, it's a shame because these books are in your kids' school, well, in the Virginia kids' schools. Um, But I need to give a disclaimer as I go through some of the books that were there. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be suitable for younger ears. Yeah. All right. Disclaimer firmly in place. Now, while most of these books focus on introducing kids to different cultures and ethnicities, parents began to discover that an alarming number of the books focused on sexual diversity contain sexually explicit language, including frequent descriptions of underage drinking, Man, this makes me uncomfortable to even go through reading this. So you know what? I, we'll post a link in the uh, we'll post a link in the in the show notes. But I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll include fondling and various means of sexual intercourse.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and uh, these were books that were found
2: in that library for the sc- that's for kids, the school library
1: for kids. All right. So every book at the kindergarten level promotes promotes LGBT ideology through books such as My Princess Boy, designed to introduce five- and six-year-olds to the harmful idea that they can change their gender. Another book, Heather Has Two Mommies, denies the need for fathers and ignores the loss a child might feel over having no relationship with his or her father. Other titles include but are certainly not limited to Prince and Knight for second graders, Beyond Magenta, Beyond Magenta, Transgender Teens Speak Out. Here's another book title. Are you ready for this? Some Girls Bind. Hmm. Some Girls Bind. Speaking of binding, have you, have you seen the Sprite commercial?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Has
1: nothing to do with the beverage. Not at all. That is propaganda. Yeah, So
2: definitely. they go through,
1: if you haven't seen the Sprite commercial, Sprite goes through a series of images where you've got people who are affirming Radical
2: right.
1: transgender ideology, homosexuality, and it shows these different images of people supporting these individuals are the, as they are on their way out to a pride parade. It is not about the That's drink it, at all. At There's all. nothing about the drink. All it is is conditioning. And you go through all of these images. You see this. You've got the wonderful, you know, music playing in the background. And the last line is pride. The feeling you get when you see other people living as they were intended or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's what pride is. So now you can have pride when you support other people living out their pride.
2: Yep, that's it.
1: Propa- <laughs> that's propaganda.
3: Definitely,
1: That's propaganda. Yeah. And our kids are subjected to this on a regular basis. Mm. So the question then becomes, do we do we reverse tide? Do we stop for a second and say, hey, either we're going to reclaim some of these terms?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I will just tell you, um, bigot. That, that word has no power over me. Like, right. I don't me even, either. I mean, I, you know. I mean,
2: if you know you're not. Then they can say, you know, what they want.
1: I mean, so I hope that everybody listening enters into a phase in life where you're just, where bigot to you is like water.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it absolutely has no meaning because it's so thrown out. And therefore you then take the power out of it. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Let's
2: go to Corey in Arkansas. Hi, Corey.
0: Hello,
1: Will. How y'all doing? Doing good awesome keep any guys lifted in
0: prayer enjoy your show thank you um we are to judge righteous judgment Amen. and god's word is righteous judgment mm-hmm. um we don't force people uh nowhere in god's word does he force us to accept his son nor does he force us to go into service mm-hmm. and uh we don't it's not about force but There are eternal consequences to decisions. Yeah. And if you reject Christ, then you willingly took a devil's hell. You know, they've been attacking God's word because it convicts
1: them. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That is exactly right. And that's it. And that's why Christians have got to know the word and keep standing on it and keep defending it. I say this, if you are too intimidated and threatened by this culture to stand on the word of God, then hide behind it. Right. That's what I say. Yeah. You can't stand on it broad shoulder. If you can't do that, mm-hmm. then hide behind it. And and people, were, you know, well what's the difference, Mickey? What does that sound like? So standing on the word of God is boldly declaring what the word says. Mm-hmm. It's not a quivering lip. It's saying this is the word of God. Amen. Hiding behind the word of God I'm going to give you an example of what it sounds like. Now, I don't prefer this, but I, I say, you know, if you need it. This is hiding behind the word of God. Now, listen. <laughs> I mean, this is not what I say. Um, and look, if we could do this some other way, you know, but this is what the Bible says. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your day. This is what the Bible says. That's hiding behind it. At any rate, you're still standing and behind and near the word of God. <laughs> I would prefer you stand on it. Right. right like right. you know stiffen your back exactly jesus christ is worthy of that you stand on the word of god you don't you don't need all those disclaimers this is the word of god amen but if you're kind of like oh, i don't want to you know then hide behind it you just tuck from <laughs> be, you know from behind <laughs> all right where do we go next will the great
2: <laughs> uh let's go to jason in texas hi jason
1: hey how y'all doing
2: doing good
5: Oh man, I just love you guys. I love America Family Radio. Uh me and my wife got saved about nine years ago yeah. and uh never voted, never paid attention to nothing on the news, but and I tell you what, God's really opened my eyes and my boss is the one who told me about America Family Radio and mm-hmm. you know, I tell you.
3: Wonderful. Y'all
5: y'all really y'all really changed people's uh well. Y'all you know, give people a different way of thinking. You know? Yeah. Thinking about what the world wants. It's What does God want
3: from us? Amen. Amen.
5: Yeah. You know? And, and, uh, it's just been such a blessing being able to, you know, spread his word and, you know, put more stickers on my truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, Jason. I tell you, uh, Remember that uh one bomber or fake bomber over in uh Florida sending all them fake bombs all them Democrats? Oh, yeah.
3: Mhm.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh my church said as soon as they saw that they thought about me 'cause I had so many stickers on my truck about Jesus and God and, <laughs> you know, being being redeemed and all, so <laughs> Okay. But uh, I love you guys. I just wanted to call and let y'all know. I appreciate everything. Oh, y'all thank you.
1: God bless you, Jason. Thank, you, thank Jason. you so much. I appreciate the person who also is willing to hold that pipe so Jason could make that. Yeah, phone it call. sounded
2: like Jason was in he's a working. dangerous little spot. He's
1: working. He's like, he's like, <laughs> y'all stand over there. Get on the scaffold. I'm about to call Afr and be quiet for a second. Okay, I'm talking to Will and me, These are my cousins. And so just, I, I, you know, I'm a joker, right? So I'm, br- I'm about to brace you okay go ahead Jason was kind of taking his time with his comments he's like y'all heard about that person who mailed all the fake bombs y'all heard that and I'm holding my breath I'm going brother get quick where you going what do you think it's me well I mean I never know this is your life This is, hey, step (laughs) out from behind the curtain. Anyway, but that's okay. Down in the South, we take our time usually getting where we're going. Yeah. But just there are times when you tell a certain story that you got (laughs) to, brother, you got to punch that line quick. All right, where do we go next? Will the Great. Love you, Jason. Let's
2: go to Todd in Louisiana. Hi, Todd. Hey, how y'all doing? God bless you. The reason why our culture is the way it is is we
1: have uh, taken the
5: Bibles out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take the word away from people, what else is going to fill in the void? Something else is going to fill it up. So we have even today because you know,
0: we don't. We're teaching when you start teaching God's word. Mm. I'm going to hang up with you. No, thank you.
3: Thank look, you.
1: I, I don't disagree with our brother. Um, I will add this, though. I will say that, yes, in addition to what happened in our schools, but I would also say that there's been a derelict of duty in, in our, our homes. homes. Yeah. and And I think if home. we could make. You know, if we could make Bibles great again in our homes, in our homes <laughs> I think that we'd start to see something different in our children yeah, as well, because you got to fuel them up
3: right. before
1: you send them out. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I think that, yes, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. There's a concerted effort that has been made, you know, over decades mm-hmm. to to train our children away from the truth. But I'm that job would have been way more difficult if we would have been on it at home as well. Yeah. And, no, and seeing that as our sole purpose. I agree. Go, go ahead. Do we go back to the phone lines?
2: Yeah. Uh, let's go to Tony in Arkansas. Hi, Tony. Hey, how are you? Doing good.
0: Listen, I just wanted to call real quick because every time I, I switch over to 89.5 on the radio station and I hear, I believe your name is Nick, Mickey? Yes, sir. Yeah, Mickey and and the gentleman. I can't. I'm sorry. I don't know your name.
2: Will I'm Will. Uh,
0: Will the Great. Will, when I when I hear both of you guys, I don't do this much often, but every once in a while, you know, I'm 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 not in the right path. You know, I do believe in Jesus Christ. I know He gave His life for me. You know, I've uh, I've been back, backsliding a lot, but um, every time I hear you guys, man, you guys just you hit it on point for me. You know, um, especially Mickey, man, you're like. I mean, it just—it just blows me away at at the things that come out of your spirit that that just are directed towards my heart. And uh, I needed to say something, man, because I would love to know what churches you guys go to. You know, because if this is what you hear on Sundays and Wednesdays when you go to church, and and your message for your pastor is is so is so direct and so powerful that it gets to me like that, mm. you know what I'm saying? I would love to know a pastor or somebody that can come so so forward and be so truthful.
1: Oh, man, I'm, I'm so sorry, my brother. We got to jump in. Stay on the line. We'll talk to you after. We're out of time for today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing.
2: God bless.